I'm your host, Kurt Sandig, and welcome to Paranormal Almanac. That's right, I'm your host, Kurt Sandig, and on this week's edition of Paranormal Almanac, let's do a deep dive into some more batshit crazy conspiracy theories. You guys seem to really, really like the conspiracy theories, and, well, frankly, there's a lot of them out there. More every day. But first, as always, let's do the shoutouts. Get these out of the way for everybody. We've got Lauren, Amber, Angie, Autumn, Seth, Carolyn, Carolyn, Chuck, Dan, Daniel, David, Dill, Edgar, Heidi, J. Mark, Jade, Jeff, Jim, Joe, Jory, Joshua, Juliana, Keith, Kira, Kyle, Lash, Laura, Laura Ruth, Lauren, Lawrence, Lily, Logan, M. Calvillo, Maggie, hi Maggie, Michaela, Manning, Martin, Matt, Megan, Melissa, Nanashi, Nick, Pablo, Rosa, Sarah, Sarah, Shelly, Lauren, Suzanne, Tash, Todd, Jamie, and Elijah Hendrickson, Travis, Troy, Veronica, and Vincente. Thank you oh so much. Just a heads up, I have a patron-only episode going up this week as well, so if you want to listen to those, you're going to have to head over to patreon.com slash paranormalalmanac, sign up there. Thank you oh so much for all the support. All right, before we get to tonight's topic, let's do paranormal news. Hey, what time is it? It's time for paranormal news. Have I mentioned how much I love these Paranormal News music? I absolutely love them. Thank you guys so, so much for sending in the theme songs. Keep on sending them in. ParanormalAlmanac at gmail.com. Okay, first up we have MT Tech Professor claims UFOs are time machines from the future. It's not exactly a shocker of a revelation. A lot of people think it. Sometimes I even think that. I don't know what I think UFOs are. I think they might be many things. I think for the most part, they are from other worlds. But there does seem to be some stories where they do seem to be time travelers from other dimensions, from parallel dimensions. I just don't know what to think. But a Montana tech professor, Michael P. Masters, says the phenomena may be our own distant descendants coming back through time to study us in their own evolutionary past. And like I say, this isn't exactly a new idea, but he really deep dove into this idea because he wrote a book called Identified Flying Objects. With a doctorate in anthropology from Ohio State University, Masters uses science to explain why people who report close encounters with aliens always describe them the same way. The extra tempestrial are ubiquitously reported as being bipedal, upright walking, five fingers on each hand and foot, bilateral symmetry that have two eyes, a mouth, a nose, they can communicate with us in our own languages. That's what he says. I call BS on all of that. There has been many reports where they don't have a nose, where they don't have five fingers, where they don't communicate using our language, but it's telepathy. So he says, I stand by the product. I'm happy to talk about it with anyone. It's written for my academic peers as much as it is for anyone in the UFO community. I'll be honest, I would actually like to talk to him to see why he thinks that and how many cases he's actually investigated. 
I have a strange suspicion that I've looked at more UFO cases than he has. All right, up next in paranormal news, creepy, scary UFO sightings reported in Texas in 2019. They say that three months into 2019, there's been at least 24 reported unidentified flying objects throughout the state by the National UFO Reporting Center. The reports range from seeing strange lights and crafts to seeing crafts hovering above people's cars and houses. For example, December 31st, 2018, reported on January 8th, in San Antonio, Texas, I saw fiery orange lights, no sounds, flying at low altitude, no noise. They moved south, then flanked back, but they all flanked at the same time as they flew higher. In Midland, Texas, in January 8th, my husband, name deleted, noticed two orange beans in the sky just over the Midland Memorial Hospital. Allen, Texas, January 18th, it zigzagged across the sky in fluid and precise motions, moving back behind the houses and extremely close to to the total five people around. Uh, in Austin, Texas, on January 20th, this is the second time I've witnessed such a craft hovering generally above my house. Now, the problem with this news report story is they don't use any of the actual photos. All the photos that they have are these fake photos that have been debunked years ago or just complete blurry photos. Uh, Burleson, Texas, Burleson, Burleson, Texas, on January 23rd, six flickering red and white lights linked together in a broken V converged to form a hexagon, then flew away. That's an interesting one. Austin, Texas again, February 15th, two glowing spheres seen in the sky north of the airport at first moving together in the same direction, emitting yellow to orange lights, which is very different than the actual lights of a jetliner that was on approach to the airport. And these stories just keep on happening. Like I said, there's 35 stories just in the first few months alone. I noticed a large bluish green light shaped like a ball moving south extremely fast. That was Woodlands, March 15th. So this just goes to show you that despite what a lot of news stories and a lot of people want you to think ufo sightings are not decreasing all right let's wrap it up for paranormal news and let's get into the episode that so many of you commented so many of you listened to and so many governments around the world blocked from every podcasting site ever maybe i don't know who knows you know i blame the illuminati that's right it's a sequel episode again conspiracy theories and just in case you don't know me let me set some things straight. No, I won't be talking about Sandy Hook. Fuck you, real children died. I also won't be promoting Alex Fuckwad Jones. I'm so glad that he is banned from YouTube and from Twitter. His court appearances prove what a fucking hack he is. I am so glad that he is going down. I'm going to keep this one to the most batshit crazy conspiracy theories out there that a lot of people believe that you might not have heard. Some of these I'm sure you have heard of, but some might surprise you. Now at first, I had to wait to do this sequel for this very first theory. April is evil. No, not the girl from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. She has her own problems living in a sewer with a bunch of turtles. And yes, I know she didn't actually live down there. She just hung out with them, which isn't much better. But what I'm talking about is the month of April. How is it evil? Well, a huge amount of tragedies happened during the month of April. Some say more than is statistically probable. According to experts, and for this episode, I'm going to use the term experts very loosely. But anyhow, according to these experts, they say that, that April is actually the government's blood sacrifice season. And during this month, 
the government performs sacrifices to the demon god Baal. Baal? Baal. Baal? I'm sorry, Todd. I know you're yelling at me right now. Uh, Baal. And then later disguises these sacrifices as tragedies. And in America, it's even zeroed down to one week. The third week of April. Hey, I believe we're going into the third week of April right now. So... Be prepared for a really messed up week. I really hope this conspiracy theory isn't true and we don't have a continuation of tragedies that are actually a government's blood sacrifice season. Let me get you some examples. The Oklahoma City bombing. The Hillsborough disaster. The 1906 San Francisco earthquake. That's right, according to these conspiracy theorists, the entire 1906 San Francisco earthquake was actually government-planned sacrifices to the demon gods. These all happened in April. Keep that in mind. What I'm about to read to you, all of these happened in April. You want more examples? How about the Port of Texas City explosion? Don't know what that is? I didn't either, so I looked it up. On April 16, 1947, a cargo ship full of improperly stored ammonium nitrate fertilizer exploded just off the coast of Texas, causing a chain reaction that blew up other ships and freight. The explosion killed at least 581 people and set the stage for the very first class action lawsuit. It was the largest industrial disaster in U.S. history. That happened in 1947. This was the first I've ever heard of it. Okay, more examples. The Branch Davidian Fire. If you don't know what that one is, you might not. I mean, I don't know how well that spread around the world, but uh, it was a fairly big story in America. But anyhow, April 19th, 1993. It was a 51-day siege of a compound associated with the Seventh-day Adventists, or a sect thereof, in Waco, Texas. Now, it ended when the FBI attempted to raid the compound resulting in a fire that consumed 76 people. Let's give you some more examples. The Boston Marathon bombings. The Columbine High School Massacre. Virginia Tech Massacre. Martin Luther King Jr. and Abraham Lincoln's assassinations. The Titanic. I could keep going. These all happened in April. Obviously not the same April, but April throughout the years. Now, since many tragedies tend to happen around the same time in mid-April... Even CNN has published an article questioning this tragic and unexplainable coincidence. Oddly enough, mid-April has been the period of sacrifice, supposedly, throughout many civilizations. And the cult of Baal used to worship their god of sun and fertility by sacrificing humans and fire. So this is what wraps up those conspiracy theorists that this horrible tradition is still going, that our governments around the world are using terrible, terrible means to continue these sacrifices. All right, but there is a possible explanation. April 17th, or sometimes the third Monday in April, is a little-known holiday called Patriot's Day. It commemorates the start of the Revolutionary War on April 19th, 1775. Now, CNN noted in 2013 that militia groups in the United States which groups associated with no less than four of the tragedies that I just talked about all celebrate Patriot's Day. So in America alone, there might be, and I'm using a big might, 
There might be an explanation for some of these tragedies. They're just batshit crazy people, hence the batshit crazy conspiracy theory episode. All right, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, I'm going to um, lighten it up for the next one, okay? Be right back. All right, like I said, that one started pretty grim. There was a lot of death in that first story alone. Since we're in April now, again, let's hope that trend doesn't continue. Now let's get a little lighter for this next one. One you probably believe, one I recently started believing, and it's a big one. The phone's microphone is constantly hot. It's constantly on, and it's listening for keywords to target advertising. Don't know what I'm talking about? Well, how about this? How often have you said something out loud only to have a targeted ad pop up for it on your phone or on your computer just after you talked about it with a friend of yours? I can't tell you how many times I've brought up better made barbecue potato chips only to get an ad for barbecue potato chips on my phone. I didn't Google search it. I'm not going that far. I'm literally just talking about that or talking about the movie The Black Hole or Tron. And then getting an ad for ThinkGeek because they have Tron stuff or black hole stuff. It's not a far-fetched conspiracy at all. Your microphone, your phone's microphone, is always on and it's listening to you. So, yeah, this one's probably true. Like I said, I've personally had many, many experiences of this happening in my life. And I'm sure you guys have too. If not, let me mention, oh, I don't know. Aston Martin, Jaguar, Ford, Kermit the Frog, Star Wars, Ghostbusters, Stitch. Did any of you guys get any advertisements, not on this episode, but on your phone or on Facebook or on Google, just from listening to this episode? So yeah, that one, I believe. Now let's move on to this next one, which I don't believe. Maybe. For this one, I need you guys to picture something. Picture a T-Rex, the, you know, Tyrannosaurus Rex. Picture it in your mind. Are you picturing tiny arms on a massive dinosaur? Well, if not, then you're not picturing a T-Rex like I just asked you to do. Now, focus here. Okay, T-Rex, massive dinosaur, tiny little stubby arms. What is the point of those stubby little arms? Well, this conspiracy theory says... What if they're backwards on every skeleton displayed in museums? What if the arms are rotated 180 degrees, they instantly look like stubby little wings? And we know now that T-Rex had feathers, so that part kind of makes sense to me, of course. Instead of tiny useless arms, he actually had tiny useless wings. Doesn't make this any better, but... It is interesting to think about, but I'm sure at least one paleontologist must have realized by now that all T-Rex arms are backwards and been like, hey, why don't we flip those around? Oh, it's too late. We've already told people for so many years. All right, we'll just leave it then. So I'm not saying that I think the T-Rex arms are tiny little stubby chicken wings, but it's an interesting theory and one that I haven't tested. I've not gone to the Museum of Natural History and tried to flip them around and see what happens. So, if I have a paleontologist listening to this episode, can you please flip around an arm on a T-Rex skeleton and show it to somebody else and go, how come it's not like this? 
Does the, do the arm joints not line up? Do they, does it not work that way? Did we ever find one that, that was specifically little tiny arms pointing forward? These are questions that I have and I'd like to know. But I'm going to go with science for right now and say, yeah, probably not. I'm sure we have the T-Rex arms on the front ways. Alrighty, up next, do you guys remember that ballistic missile threat that was sent to Hawaiian's cell phone saying, seek shelter, this is not a drill. Now later it was deemed a mistake, and it was a mistake that took way too long for our government to fix. People thought for like an hour that a missile was about to hit Hawaii. And they were there, and they were trapped, and they saw it on their phones and went, oh shit, I guess we're all gonna die. Well, a sort of reasonable conspiracy theory was that was a real missile, actually. And it was shot at Hawaii, and thankfully, it was intercepted before impact. And to try and calm everyone in Hawaii and America down, our government covered it up. First, let me say, this one wouldn't surprise me too much. But this also leaves huge questions. Who shot the missile at Hawaii? Why didn't this start World War III? Was it accidentally shot at Hawaii and whoever shot it apologized so we're just all good? No idea. But it, I must admit, it is a valid theory and it makes me wonder. Now, I'm not saying that it's true. I'm not saying any of these are true. But it does make you think. And that's the best thing about conspiracy theories. When they leave you with a question and you go, huh, I wonder if that is true. I wonder if I can prove it or disprove it. That's a good conspiracy theory. This next short one is interesting, but I didn't deep dive into it. I'll be honest. I just took it at face value and went, huh, all right. And I threw it on this list. It's called the Laurel Canyon Conspiracy Theory. And here it is right from the, let's say, crazy mind that thought it up. Basically, if you look at the counterculture revolutionaries in the music industry in the 1960s, most of them were the children of military intelligence people. Were they? I don't know. I didn't look into it. But the theory is that this whole free love, lots of drugs kind of thing that happened was done intentionally to distract the youth from a full-scale revolution. The thought was if the angry youth of the mid to late 60s were too high or getting laid or whatever, they really wouldn't care about what was happening in society and sleepwalk through the 70s which some may say they did. There was a lot of anti-political movements in the 70s, so I don't know how much I believe in this. But supposedly, again, I didn't look into it, Jim Morrison is one of these people, and supposedly his father kicked off the Vietnam War. Now again, is it true? I don't know. Should I have looked into it? Maybe. But I threw it on this list because it was one of those that I thought could be true. I figured there probably were a lot of musical icons from the 60s who had parents in the military for a very good reason. Their parents would have been the age of the greatest generation. They probably would have been in the military. They probably were drafted and then continued a career in the military. That was what, that's what caused this whole long-haired hippie kind of experience. They were so militant, their parents were so militant that they rebelled in the opposite direction. So it's very feasible that this one's true, but it's also very feasible that this one's true just because of the time when it happened. Okay, next up, do you guys like vegetarian food? 
Because I do. I'm a vegetarian. I'm a pescatarian, but still. Well, if you like vegetarian food like I do, like those meatless meats that you can buy in the supermarkets, you might be satanic. Hell, I might be satanic and I never even knew it. It's all right there and yet we never saw it. One of the most popular brands of vegetarian meats is named Morningstar Farms. In case you guys don't know it, Morningstar is another name for Satan. Not only that, but one of the most common vegetarian meats is S-E-I-T-A-N. Oops, S-E-I-T-A-I-N. Satan. Satan beef, Satan chicken, Satan. They're putting it right there on the package. They, yeah, they spell a little bit differently. But look, we've got Morningstar. We've got Satan. So I guess this theory is, obviously, if you're a vegetarian, you are consuming the body and blood of Lucifer, Satan, Satan beef, Morningstar meats. It's kind of like some fucked up meat alternative communion. So... You might be saving the animals, but, you know, you're dooming yourself to an eternal hellfire. So, there's that. Okay, this next one really perturbed me. Because I could disprove it in about two minutes. Not even. In less than a minute, I was able to disprove this one. Yet, I still see people sharing it all the time. For two reasons. Alright, what is it? Well, recently, a photo was released of Armstrong's boots. Neil Armstrong's boots... His suit and his boots. Now, they're in a museum, and you can see the soles of his boots. And all these conspiracy theorists went, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Those boots don't match the footprint on the moon photo. So it's proof we never went to the moon. It's all fake, blah, blah, blah. No. The photograph I will post on Facebook and Instagram, well, it displays... Something that is true. On the left side of the photograph, it is Neil Armstrong's spacesuit. It's shown on the left. His footprints can be seen on the right. Here's the problem. The photograph of Neil Armstrong's Apollo 11 spacesuit was taken in 2015 by astronomer Phil Plate. And it was being it's it was shown to show like the um it was shown it was taken to show how Neil Armstrong's spacesuit was being preserved by the Smithsonian National Air and Space Museum. But the footprint wasn't made by Neil Armstrong, guys. It was by fellow astronaut Buzz Aldrin, who accompanied Armstrong to the moon. Now, Aldrin snapped a photograph of his own footprint to allow scientists to study the tensile strength of the lunar surface, and that photograph matches the tread on Aldrin's boots which you can see in a photo taken by Armstrong as Aldrin is descending the ladder of the Lem. Stop it. We went to the moon. The moon is real. It's not a hologram. We went there. Oh, and guess what? While they were there, they took photos of the Earth from space, and the Earth is a sphere. It's not flat. It's not a dome. It's a sphere and yes, I'm going to be doing an episode about that because everybody keeps bugging me about it. So fine. I didn't think I had to. Thought we were all intelligent people. But fine. I will do an episode about Is the Earth Flat? I'm going to let you know right now. The Earth is not flat. It is round. Okay, that's my own little personal gripe. I hate this whole we never went to the moon thing. There's so much proof that we went to the moon. 
there's actually things on the moon's surface still that we can see that proves we went to the moon. Real men risked their lives to get to the moon. We don't need to go back. We did enough of the stuff on the moon. Wasn't because there was aliens on the moon. There might have been, but that's not why we stopped going. It wasn't financially viable to keep going back again and again and again to the moon. We saw what it was. It was a bunch of nothing. But anyhow, sorry, I went off on a tangent. This next one is Snapchat and Facebook worked with the FBI to secretly test and improve facial recognition technology. This one kind of makes sense to me too. I got to admit, this one seems to make sense. Basically what it's saying is, you know, everybody on Snapchat and on Facebook would hold up their phone and be like, oh my God, it's recognizing my face and I can put stupid things on my face. It's like magic. Well, very quickly, it got better and better at it. Facebook very quickly could tell you who was in the photo with you. Most of the time it got it right. Sometimes it's real batshit crazy, but most of the time it gets it right. It is improving facial recognition technology and millions of people are assisting it in getting better and better and better. There's just no way that this technology isn't being used by law enforcement. I don't doubt this one's real at all. So it's kind of smart too. You let people play around with facial recognition on Snapchat and Facebook, let the AI learn it better and better. Not only that, but keep posting more and more pictures online so that the FBI's AI can search through all the images to locate, quote, the bad guys. Nothing about this seems far-fetched. We are putting so many millions of photos online a day that can be searched by law enforcement. Who's to say that standing behind you in some random selfie photo in Times Square isn't one of the FBI's most wanted? Who's to say? Basically, nothing about this one seems far-fetched. And I can say, I can get behind the conspiracy theory on this one. And yeah, I'm with you. I believe that one. Fine, put me down for that one on this list. That one and your phone's microphone. Those are two. Well, I can skip the next one on this list. I had it on this list for a long time, but it's been proved fake. The conspiracy theory I'm talking about is that Hitler didn't kill himself in the bunker. Instead, he flew to South America and lived out his life. For the longest time, I was kind of like 50-50. Do I believe this? Do I not believe this? But I could buy that. I could totally buy that Hitler skipped out of town, went to South America, and lived out his life. As much as I fucking hated that, I could buy that. But just recently, it's been proven that the teeth that the Russians have had are his. The dental records matched, the DNA matched, and in those teeth that they found, they could even, they even found the trace of cyanide that supposedly he took before he shot Ava Braun and himself. So he's dead, everyone. Sorry, I guess. But even with this, people think that the bodies found were body doubles with their teeth altered to match his dental records. I can't say they aren't, but scientifically speaking, it does seem to point that those are Hitler's teeth that he really did kill himself at the bunker. All right, on to this next one, which just has to be true. Prince Charles is a vampire. He is the descendant of Vlad the Impaler. 
Now, the only quote-unquote proof I can find for this is that Prince Charles did a Romanian's National Tourist Office ad where he claimed that, quote, Transylvania is in my blood. And on this ad, he joked about being the descendant of Vlad the Impaler. Now, I guess that's enough for a basis of a conspiracy theory. It's more than some of the other ones. And depending on where you get your batshit crazy conspiracy theories, Prince Charles has something called porphyria, porphyria, which apparently is a common amongst royals iron deficiency, and it makes a person's skin sensitive to daylight. All right, here's the problem with that. In about two seconds, I could disprove the whole porphyria part. I can't disprove the whole he might be a descendant of Vlad the Impaler. I don't know how I could. I guess I could 23 and me him, but, you know, I don't have access to that. So, sorry, everyone. He does not have porphyria. He does not have this common amongst royals iron deficiency that makes him sensitive to daylight. He might be a vampire. I don't know. I doubt it. Okay, let's stick with the royals for this next one, though. Meghan Markle is a robot. Boom! Done. Moving on. Oh, wait. No, actually, I should tell you more about this one. So, a clip emerged in June, apparently showing Meghan Markle and Prince Harry at the finale of Britain's Got Talent. Now, they're sitting in the audience and applauding, but their faces remain motionless, not even blinking. So, they are robots all the time, or they have doppelbots? Doppelbots is a paranormal almanac patented term. Now, I gotta say, I watched the clip, and it was so painfully obvious that it wasn't them, but two people wearing masks of them. Okay, so why is that? Well, thankfully, this one is very easy to debunk. Snopes did it for me, so here we go. This evening, we brought our famous fun to life as the royal likenesses of the Duke and Duchess of Sussex made a surprise appearance during the Britain's Got Talent live final. In a world's first, we, Madame Tussauds of London, unveiled live figures modeled on the duo themselves that will allow fans to get one step closer to interacting with the newlyweds. That's right, these live figures will arrive at Madame Tussauds, London, later this month as part of our new experience, Meghan and Harry Live. This exciting innovation will allow guests to feel as if they are really meeting Prince Harry and Meghan Markle in person, adding a new dimension and providing an extraordinary moment for visitors of the world-famous attraction. See, this is what I mean, people. It takes two seconds to see something and go, well, that's weird. Wonder what that is. Oh, it's these stupid fake masks. They look real, but not really real. I can't believe it fooled anybody. But a lot of YouTube reaction videos are out there. People going, what the hell is up with uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle? Why are they not blinking? Why, are they not, why aren't their faces moving? What is happening? They look so creepy. Yeah, they are creepy. They're masks. It's real easy to figure this one out. Take two seconds, search it, think for yourselves. Okay, so what's the earliest conspiracy theory you've ever heard? The Rod Stewart one? Look it up if you don't know what I'm talking about. I must have heard that one when I was about nine or ten years old. Or did I? Because the last Thursdayism theory says that all of our memories of the past could have been created recently. How recently? Well... Last freaking Thursday. It's in the name. Last Thursdayism. 
So under last Thursdayism, books, fossils, light already on the way from distant stars, literally everything, including your memories of the time before last Thursday, were all formed at the time of creation, which is last Thursday. I don't like this one because you can't prove it wasn't. And also it's just stupid as hell. Obviously we weren't all created last Thursday. And if we were created last Thursday, then how many things happened since last Thursday? And is it every Thursday? Wait, I gotta look this up. Is it every Thursday we get recreated or just last Thursday? When was Lincoln alive or Galileo or John Lennon? How many old people or how can old people be here and me be here? How did they get old? How am I aging? If, look, if we're all created the way we are last Thursday. All right, I'm looking this one up. This one I don't like. So let's get to the origin. Bertrand Russell explained in 1921 or last Thursday, the problems with proving that the universe was created intact at a set point in the past in his quote, five minute hypothesis. Now let's jump to last Thursday, or August 25th, 1996, when the church of last Thursday frequently asked questions was created, written, whatever. In it, it says, last Tuesdayism is taken as a schism of last Thursdayism and is founded on the belief that the world was created last Tuesday. But unlike last Thursdayism, this happens every Tuesday. So basically a new incarnation of last Thursdayism has popped up and it's every Thursday we're created. Why? Don't, don't know. Don't, don't understand. Let me read you a little bit more from it. We, the last Thursdayists, followers of last Thursdayism, members of the church. Oh, just shut up. Um, and blah, blah, blah. Universe was created on Thursday, will expire on Thursday. The universe was created by you as a test for yourself, that you will be rewarded or punished when this universe expires based on your actions here. The left-handedness is a sinful temptation. Look, I'm left-handed. I'm not a sinful temptation. That everyone but you was placed here and pre-programmed to act as parts of your test environment, but that everyone but you knows this. That didn't help at all. I guess every Thursday a universe and everything in it is made and every Thursday it's destroyed. Why? Who knows? Why Thursday? Don't know. How do you prove it? No idea. How do I debunk it? Fuck if I know. So since I'm wasting a huge chunk of my this Thursday in eternity before the next Thursday eternity, let's move on. Man, that was a dumb one. Last Thursdayism, you're stupid. And what's even more stupid is a lot of people believe that because you can't disprove it. I hate that. If you can't disprove something, it must be true. No, not necessarily. It could just be stupid. All right, next up. You guys remember the ice bucket challenge, that harmless viral video trend that raised $100 million for ALS research? Did you guys participate? I know a bunch of people that did. Well, if you did then hail Satan to you because the people that did it were foolish enough to be tricked into baptizing themselves into Satan's army. That's right. ALS didn't stand for amyotrophic, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. No, no. What it actually stood for was Antichrist, Lucifer, 
Satan. Just look at the facts, people. Lady Gaga wore a black dress during her challenge, and instead of a bucket, she used a silver bowl. Bill Gates set up a scaffolding to do the challenge in his backyard, and the whole structure resembled King Solomon's temple. No, it didn't. So why are people thinking that? Well, because people think that the celebrities are in the Illuminati. And despite the fact that the Illuminati doesn't worship Satan, it became the in thing to say they, you know, that they do. They, oh, the Illuminati are part of Satan's army. And boy, did Satan's army grow that summer. It'll be a cold day in hell before I do the ice bucket challenge again, I tell you what. I don't know. Stitch is mad at something outside. Sorry, everybody. You want to know a conspiracy theory about the conspiracy theory episode you're listening to right now? The first time I recorded it, it was so windy outside that you couldn't hear me at all. The second time I went to go record it, I got a fever that knocked me on my ass for three full days. That's why I still sound kind of messed up. So now, hopefully, I can get through this without something really bad happening. So obviously, someone is trying to stop me from telling you guys or debunking all of these conspiracy theories for you guys. So obviously, someone is out to get me whenever I talk about conspiracy theories. Alrighty, before Stitch started barking, let's see, where I where did I leave off? Oh yeah, um, Ice Bucket Challenge was all for Satan. So good job, everybody. You raised a lot of money for Satan. And, you know, baptized yourself into Satan's army. Alrighty, speaking of that uh, Illuminati, uber elite, rich folk, how many of you guys have Bitcoins? If so, you won't want them anymore, so, you know, send them to me to be safe, okay? Why? Why won't you want them? Well, it's pretty simple. Bitcoin is a conduit for alien messages from the future. Jeebus, this headline has a lot going for it. Okay, this one is beyond dumb. So I'm going to read this straight from the internet crazies, let you figure it out. Bitcoins apparently have a series of numbers and letters in its code, and that code is a secret drink-your-Ovaltine-type code from aliens for the future. Now, the theory goes that just after the 18 zeros is a 21E8 code, and according to Twitter cryptographers, is that a thing? The 21E8 refers to a unified theory of the universe called, quote, an exceptionally simple theory of everything. The only problem is, it's not exceptionally simple, and it doesn't cover everything. Um, so basically, the Bitcoin code must be a message from an advanced intelligence or an alien from the future. Now, everybody suspected Satoshi Nakatomo, Nakamoto, Satoshi Nakamoto, who was the Bitcoin founder because no one really knows who Nakamoto is. And they suspect that he's a time-traveling alien robot that came back for virtually no reason. Uh, the simple theory of everything has been ignored by the scientific community. Of course it has. The 18 zeros and the reference to E8 aren't exactly a rare occurrence, though. In fact, that sort of combination of rare code is a probability of occurring about once a year, so once a year, we either have something relatively common happening or we're getting a message that the creator of Bitcoin is an extraterrestrial time traveler. Any of that make sense to you guys? No? Well, to me neither. But a large amount of people think that Bitcoins have a code, which is a unified theory of the universe, without very much information at all on why or proof on why. 
So that one's stupid too. So since that one hurt my brain, let's do a quick, simple one. One that I can explain to you. I don't know if it's a universal thing. I hope it is. Um, there's this thing called uh, Carmex. It's a lip balm. It comes in a little tub. It's not like a, like a stick like chapstick. Well, well, the theory is that Carmex includes bits of fiberglass in the ingredients. So it actually tears up your lips and requiring you to apply more and more lip balm over and over. Now, obviously, it's not true. It's very easy for me to debunk. And people can easily look at Carmex under microscope and disprove everything that the tinfoil hat people are saying. But here's why this theory is gaining momentum. Those tinfoil hat wearing people on the internet say that Carmex keeps paying people off to keep this out of the news. There actually is fiberglass in the chapstick or in their lip balm. There isn't. But Carmex having so much money because you keep using it and oh my God, you keep slicing up your lips. You have to use more and more and more. It's this never ending madness, genius if you will, that Carmex keeps paying people off with this money to keep it out of the news. So Carmex, if you don't want me to talk about the fiberglass. Ladies and guys, where will you keep your lip balm? Your handbag, your man bag, your bedside or your hip side? Wherever it is, have it close to your lips. Choose Carmex Lip Balm. Your lips will feel the difference. At major supermarkets and pharmacies. I'm sure you've all heard that Paul is dead. And that bogus theory. It's crap, Paul isn't dead. But how about a new, relatively new, it's gaining momentum, theory that the Beatles never existed at all? Well, sort of. The theory is that all of the Beatles were replaced by doubles and that they were created as a group to sell records and make money off of a variety of songwriters. So they would buy a song from a songwriter, then assign that song to a Beatle, and the actor playing the Beatle at that specific time would then record that song. Now, this batshit crazy theory was boosted when someone started noticing that the Beatles' heights, ears, teeth, chin, noses, and eyes would change shapes over the years. And basically what he would do is when you tried to match them from one photo to the next, from like, say, 64 to 68 or 66 to 69, whatever, whatever year Beatle you tried to match Paul to Paul, he would notice that it didn't quite match up. So if you go to the high quality website, thebeatlesneverexisted.com, well, you'll see nothing. It's a purple page that says, this research began in 2011, and we came to the conclusion that the musical group known to us as the Beatles was composed of multiples. How and in what way they were such is entirely, isn't entirely known, but we have been able to see it wasn't actors, but we have been able to see it wasn't actors with cosmetic surgery or human doubles of any kind. Due to the fact that we've done as much research as possible, uh-huh, sure you have, and there are more current and pressing worldwide issues confronting humanity. It is time to move on. Thank you for your interest in our work. We hope it has been a helpful contribution to learning and understanding about the world in its current condition and one of the major ways in which it got this way. The fuck are you talking about? That's just stupid. Look at a photo of you from 1995. Compare it to a photo of you now you're going to notice your face has changed as well. It's called aging, people. Not only that, but the difference between a beetle in 1964 and a beetle in, say, 1968 
is millions of dollars. They probably did get their teeth fixed. They definitely aged, gained some weight, lost some weight, worked out, whatever. Again, people change through the years. It's not that hard. So sadly, we'll just never know how many Ringos were used throughout the years, I guess. All right, let's stick with popular music for a minute. Now, I still can't believe that one of my favorite bands, The Beatles, never existed. Puh, man, am I so dumb. But at least they might be giants are still real. Um, but moving on in music, you know the song American Pie? Well, let me sing it for you in its entirety now. <clears throat> Here we go. Ready? A lot? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not singing. I'm not singing for you guys. Come on. You know the song. What if I told you that this song predicts the satanic communist takeover of the United States? Let's read it right from a blog devoted to this theory. A blog entry dedicated to analyzing this song states that, quote, as soon as I read these words, the song American Pie jumped into my head and occurred to me that maybe what the song was about was the takeover of America by foreign elements. Upon looking up and reading the lyrics, my suspicions were even, con were, like, my suspicion was, mo was more than confirmed. Wow, this terrible writing. Upon looking up and reading the, upon looking up and reading the lyrics, my suspicion was more than confirmed. The song actually has many crazy theories surrounding it, such as it was a song about the destruction of America, it's about the assassination of JFK, it also hints at the death of God. Well, it has a deeper meaning. The Satanic Communist Takeover. Let me just warn you right here. Um, there is barely a tangible thread of cohesive thoughts on this entire website. I would be scared to be alone with the person that wrote it, and I would hate to think what rabbit hole they went down when they heard Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire. Before I tell you more about American Pie, let me talk to you about weird meanings and lyrics. Do you know the song Little Red Corvette by Prince? Do you know that song is about vagina? So try substituting vagina every time he says Little Red Corvette. That'll make you crazy. That should be a website. That's a website that I would go to, not like this American Pie website. But anyhow, uh, back to American Pie. Uh, ba -bum -bum -bum. Uh, the, the lyric appear to be about satanic communist takeover America after a nuclear explosion a nuclear explosion has destroyed the ecosystem the key phrases are bad news on the doorstep the levee was dry your mortal soul while the king was looking down the jester stole his thorny crown while Lenin read a book on Marx eight miles high and falling fast with no time left to start again fire is the devil's only friend no angel born in hell could break that Satan's spell the flames climbed high into the night to light the sacrificial rite. Satan laughing with delight, the sacred store. In the streets, the, the children screamed. The church bells all were broken. The Father, Son, and Holy Ghost caught the last train for the coast. So surprise, if you just jumble up 60s lyrics, you get a confusing story that you could kind of interpret to be about the end of the world. I think that could happen with any 60s lyrics from say like Pink Floyd, The Beatles, whatever. It doesn't mean what you think it means. Helter Skelter didn't have anything to do with Charles Manson and his freaking race war. Sometimes songs are just stupid songs. And this thing keeps going too. That website, it 
keeps going. So let's move on to one that uh, gets a lot of views online, and I mean a lot. There's a lot of YouTube videos devoted to it that get a lot of hits, yet it's so easy to debunk. Like, one hour online is all it took me to debunk this one. And trust me, I think if I had focused, it would have been less than an hour. The next conspiracy theory on this list, Adam Sandler has predicted five tragedies and counting. Yeah, supposedly Adam Sandler is a psychic and has predicted major events, except that he didn't and this one is dumb. The first event that he supposedly predicted, the Waco siege. Hey, I talked to you about that one in, in the April the conspiracy theory. The Waco siege. In the wake of the 1993 tragedy, we already talked about this, I'm not going to go over it again, Adam Sandler had predicted the incident in his stand-up act. Tapes now reveal Sandler would often spend several minutes on stage repeatedly uttering the phrase, something's coming to Waco, something dark. Except, shockingly to no one, no he didn't. He never did. Next, the death of Princess Diana. So, apparently... There's an out-of-place scene from 1996 Happy Gilmore in which Sandler looks directly into the camera and says, Our queen's eldest, the beautiful flower, will wilt under a Parisian bridge. Except no, he didn't. That one's very easy to confirm he didn't. Watch the movie. Just watch Happy Gilmore. It's not in it. It doesn't exist. Third on this list, the BP oil spill of 2010. This is when a massive oil rig dumped 5 million barrels of petroleum into the Gulf of Mexico. Supposedly, it was foretold on a 2005 episode of The Late Night with Conan O'Brien when guest Adam Sandler's t-shirt read, BP oil spill in five years. Except no, he didn't. He didn't wear that shirt at all. And guess what? You can now go back and watch every Conan O'Brien episode. Find it for me. If you find it for me, I don't know, I'll give you something. Because you know why you won't find it? It didn't happen. Number four on this bullshit list. 2010 Haitian earthquake. In Adam Sandler's Funny People, he said that 220,000 deaths and 400,000 400, injuries would happen in a Haitian earthquake. Nope. He didn't. Just, he didn't. He really didn't. Fifth on this BS list that again gets hundreds of thousands of hits on YouTube and on websites. Stop clicking on this BS crap, people. Um, the fifth on this list, the Malaysian Airlines flight, Flight 370. You know the one that, you know, disappeared, that went into the ocean, that they're still looking for? Well, apparently in 1993, Opera Man, when that's, you know, Adam Sandler is Opera Man and Saturday Night Live, he sang a missing plana, it's from Malaysia, make me insana, this will all make sense in due time. Nope. No, he didn't. He just didn't. It didn't happen. Stop watching these videos. Stop making idiots rich by clicking on these videos. Okay, that last one was just ridiculous. It was just stupid. Again, easily debunkable. It's just not even fun. It's not even a good conspiracy theory. It's just stupid. So, let's talk about the year 2003. Then-President George Bush took America to war with Iraq as retaliation for 9-11. Remember that one? Now, I'm not getting into 9-11 conspiracies, 
But I do think we all know that Iraq didn't have anything to do with 9-11. So there must have been another reason we went to war with Iraq, right? Well, there is. And that answer is obviously Stargates. Yeah, that's right. Saddam Hussein supposedly had access to a temple that held a Stargate, and some say he was either close to using it or had already started using his own Stargate. The man who came up with this theory says, the Bush administration recognized that, that uh, Hussein had some very, very valuable, relevant information concerning the ancient history of the planet, either technology or text, either technology or text basically confirming this, and he was going to release this to the general public. I think that was a big part of the reason, and when I say I, I mean this idiot that freaking came up with this theory, I think that was a big part of the reason why the Bush administration went into Iraq to stop Hussein from revealing this information and to also get control themselves. Essentially, more and more people are coming forward saying that they have been involved in these classified programs where these technologies are used quite regularly and then they're found all over the planet. Iraq is just one place where they're found, said this moron with this dumb theory. He says they're also located in places like Iran and Syria, which is why there's a push for America to go into Iran and intervene in the Syrian civil war. All of this is very significant in what drives international conflict. So yeah, apparently, uh, international conflict is all about stargates. This stargate is supposedly near Nasiriya, N-A-S-I-R-I-Y-A-H, which is a city about 370 kilometers southeast of Baghdad in the ancient city of Ur, Within that city is the great ziggurat, which is a massive temple which houses a stargate. Except it doesn't, because you can take a tour of the ziggurat of Ur. Head on over to TripAdvisor and read about people's visits. I looked, there isn't one mention of a stargate, not one. Other theories also argue that there is a stargate directly in the city of Baghdad, in one of the basements of Hussein's palaces. Sure, why not? Apparently, this isn't the first time a war was fought to get a Stargate either, because the Nazis fought the British in World War II to try and get the British Stargate. Look, I read and watched a ton about the Iraq Stargate, and I'm dumber for it. There's zero proof. Zero. The quote-unquote proof they did have was debunked by TripAdvisor. Most sites say that the Ziggurat of Ur is heavily guarded to this day and trespassers are shot on sight. Again, not one TripAdvisor mentioned that either. Four stars my ass. Look, all I want in a conspiracy theory is the chance, the slightest chance, a little proof to make me go, huh, interesting, maybe it's true. This Stargate one doesn't have any of that. Yet again, a lot of people believe it. A lot of websites regurgitate it. I even contacted the author of the, well, he's supposedly the expert about the Stargate of Iraq, the Ziggurat of Ur Stargate. He wrote a whole book about how it's all true and how he has all this proof. So I just emailed him and said, hey, you know, I'd like to talk to you about, you know, your expertise in this, because obviously I'm not an expert in this. I just heard about it. And he replied, I'm not going to give you his name, um, because I don't want him to sue me. Uh, he replied and uh, and said, sure, what would you like to know? I said, well, I would like to know why Steve from Idaho said we had a fantastic tour of the Ziggurat of Ur. There is no stone left unturned when we go on this tour. I highly recommend it. Five stars. 
And he said, that's obviously a fake one. And I said, okay, well, how about the other 100 reviews on TripAdvisor or all of the video tours on YouTube or all the thousands of photos that people keep posting online about the ziggurat of Ur and how there is no Stargate in there. What I was expecting, what I was expecting him to say was, you know, oh, they moved the Stargate. It's it's gone now. It's you know, government cover up. Blah blah blah. Nope. He just stopped replying. Just stopped replying. He didn't even give me a good fight. He didn't even tell me why what I was saying was wrong. He didn't say, well, that's not true. Here's the facts, and I've been there. None of that. I even asked him in the emails. I'm like, have you been there? Did you investigate the site? Were you turned away by the army? Like, I was trying to give him, like, some really good story so he could, you know, tell it back to me, and I'd be, quote-unquote, impressed about it. What I got was utter silence when I pushed him just a little bit, the teeniest bit. So, hey, expert about the Stargate of Ur, I'm sure you're listening to this. You're a fucking idiot. Thank you. Let's get to this next one. One last one. That's so incredible. It was right there in front of you for years. You all looked at it. You've all seen it, probably. And yet you've done nothing to stop it. What is it? Well, how about this? Chuck E. Cheese recycles its pizza. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, that's right. So, you know the oddly shaped pizzas at Chuck E. Cheese? Well, this one person, um, let's see if I, Shane Dawson... This one person, Shane Dawson, who is some internet personality, he's a YouTuber, figured this out. He posted a video promising an in-depth investigation into misshapen pizzas. He said, I noticed this when I was about eight years old or something. I was like, wait a minute. How come all the pieces are different? And then he shows a photo of this pizza. And yeah, all, all the pieces are different sizes. In this photo... The pieces are different sizes. It's weird. Well, he then noticed that a thread from about 10 years ago in which concerned customers figured out that the staff at Chuck E. Cheese's were recycling pizza slices that get left behind on the table after customers finish eating. So Dawson says that Chuck E. Cheese employees could see the employees basically taking those slices, reheating them, and using them to form new pizzas. But there is no evidence that has emerged over time. He says it's just a theory. And then he freaked out going, oh, God, am I going to get sued by Chuck E. Cheese? So let's hear it from the mouse himself. Chuck E. Cheese says, absolutely not. These claims are unequivocally false. We prep the dough daily for our made-to-order pizzas, which means they're not always perfectly round, but they're always great tasting. I will admit that when I started looking up the... Stitch, it's cool, buddy. Is Chuck E. Cheese outside? Is it Chuck E. Cheese? Are they coming to get us? All right, we're cool. I do have to admit, when I started looking at the photos of all these Chuck E. Cheese pizzas, they are very oddly shaped pizzas. I've never noticed it before. I've been to many a Chuck E. Cheese party. Never paid attention long enough to look at the pizzas. But, yeah, there's something weird going on with these pizzas. Whether these people are doing it themselves or not, I don't know. I think I need to go to a Chuck E. Cheese and order a couple of pizzas myself and see what they look like when they give them to me. So I'll keep you posted on this Chuck E. Cheese debacle. After spending another five minutes looking at more Chuck E. Cheese pizza photos, Kurt says... So I gotta say, it is... When I started looking at these photos of 
Chuck E. Cheese pizzas that are online, there are a ton of really oddly shaped pizzas that don't fit together at all. It's like a bad puzzle piece. Now, a ex-employee did say that, well, the reason the pizzas look like that is they need to be exactly 10 slices. And sometimes you can't get 10 slices out, so you have to pull a slice here or pull a slice there or put a slice in here or put a slice in there. Hmm, that seems convenient, if you will. So like I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to a Chuck E. Cheese. I'm going to order a couple of Chuck E. Cheese pizzas. And I'll let you know what I find out. If I think I'm getting recycled pizzas, this conspiracy theory just might be true. And if it is, that's kind of terrifying. Alrighty, so that was part two of batshit crazy conspiracy theories. I have a lot more. Sadly, a lot more. So, like I said, I will be talking about the Earth is not flat on a future episode, so you're going to have to wait for that, so you can stop asking me now. Stop asking me to do the episode. It's coming. Don't worry. But, what weird-ass conspiracy theory have you heard lately that makes you go, hum? Did any of these on this list make you go, wait, that could be real? And if it's the last Thursdayism, please explain to me why that could be real, because that just seems dumb. So, once again, I'm your host, Kurt Sandvig, and this has been another edition of Paranormal Almanac. That clearly is a conspiracy. The fact that there's no evidence is proof enough for me that clearly it's a conspiracy. A vast conspiracy. Moral when they're almost, and if I hope that I'm getting us, he was it.